0: Hey everybody, Kevin Cole here, your host, Unexpected Points. It's free agency season, day one, Uh, not complete yet, but I think we got everything we were thinking we would hear as far as some big signings of the day. We have the teams with the most to spend this offseason, the Bears and the Falcons, firing out some big shots there, especially the Bears. With some, with some big deals. Maybe the Bears and Ryan Poles have been um, reading the Unexpected Points Substack, which, of course, everyone should be doing, unexpectedpoints.substack.com. I highlighted in those articles how off-ball linebackers and guards into your offensive line were two different positions to target in free agency, and uh, they fired out some big contracts at off-ball linebackers there. We'll talk about that in relation to Roquan Smith, everything else. The one thing we didn't hear... Definitively, at this point, is whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the Green Bay Packers. I'll try to keep an eye on that as I'm talking here on the old Twitter sphere. If you guys see anything as you're watching, go ahead and fire a, a comment here on the live stream. I'll check it out and see if I can comment on it. I kind of already have a little bit of a mock up ready to go with all the different numbers for Rodgers. If that deal does in fact go down uh, spoiler alert, it'll place the jets near the front of value gain points, gain for free agency. Okay. But let's break into uh, and go through the deals we're having today. So what I did was on the site, I published the, what I call the improvement index, uh, trademark that copyright that. Um, which I've been done for a few years at PFF before using their war statistic. Now with this one, I'm using my NFL plus minus statistic, which is going to talk about points added or loss for particular players. And um, if anyone's watching the live stream, what I'll do is I'll bring it up here so you can see it, but I'll also talk through it, of course, for anyone who is going to be doing uh, the old podcasting here. So, Let's go ahead and bring this up here so you can take a look at it. And the improvement index, so for all 32 NFL teams, it goes through, it has a inverted bar chart, which will show the value added for the particular teams. Uh, The Bears being number one right now with all the different contracts that they've signed for points added. Almost 30 points added. This includes draft capital also, which was not part of it before. So it includes draft capital. It includes all the transactions that have been made. And it looks specifically at these individual teams projecting player snaps based upon the mix of players at a particular position and how many snaps I'm projecting for that team at that position built upon what they've been done done in prior years and it also projects player level efficiency so for instance it it matters like where you're leaving from and where you're going to uh to give an example Derek Carr is an example of one of the first transactions so him going to the Saints at least initially this is before the Garoppolo signing him going to the Saints had less of a positive impact for the Saints than it had a negative impact for the Raiders, because the assumption, at least at that point in time, was that all the Raiders had left to potentially resign, although Jarrett Stidham ended up going to the Broncos. At that point, it was like the downgrade from Carr to Stidham is greater than the upgrade from Dalton to Carr. So that's how it works in these scenarios. And that's how it works for all of these different scenarios. So the numbers will flip around sometimes for teams, even when they haven't done anything, because the shifting and the mixing of the different positions come out. And the numbers will also change somewhat for teams when they haven't done anything, because it's a net zero sum game. We can't say team a earns five points in point differential. Well, those five points have to be lost by other teams somewhere. So it nets out all in the, in the course of things, but just a big, large macro picture here. We have the bears number one so far, Again, the the Jets will jump up to number one if Roger signs, but he hasn't yet. Right now, they're looking at Zach Wilson, so not hot, (laughs) not hot there having Zach Wilson. So the Bears, number one, Lions, number two, which is a combination of draft capital and some of the signings that they made, Texans, number three, for the similar reason, Raiders, number four, because guess what? Garoppolo actually has a little bit of an upgrade over Derek Carr. I'll get more into that later. And the Saints, number five, because mostly because of Carr over... Uh, Andy Dalton and then on the flip side the were the teams that have lost the most this year are teams that have just been losing guys in free agency for the most part they are the Rams the Bengals the Vikings the Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, again, as more players start to be signed in here, cause there's holes on some of these rosters, which end up really imperiling the projections for different position level types of things. As they'll start to be filled in, we'll see more and more guys um, filling those snaps and adding value to these teams, but teams like the, the Rams, for instance, who's down near the bottom. I mean, they may stay, stay near the bottom. Cause I'm not sure there's a lot of guys that necessarily, they're going to have the capital and the cap to bring on board um, as we go along. And then the other thing that's part of this analysis that I have here, I have a a big long table, which shows the players uh, by position. It shows which team they're going to, and it gives a projection for the plus minus or the points that they're adding in the passing game. So for offensive players, that's either actually throwing the ball, running a route or pass blocking. Or the running game for offensive players. So it's actually a carry or a run block. And then on the other side, the flip side for defensive players, the pass game has two functions: pass, rush, and coverage. The run game is just really just one function, run defense. So it has both of those and it has their total projection. And the points that are listing here, I want to have it on a level playing field for everyone, not just based upon the points they're adding over like the mix of players on these particular new teams. So I'm just looking at their points over replacement level type of players. So the quarterback points are in the 50s. And then the next closest guy actually ends up being Ben Powers, which is surprising. Um, guard projections may be a bit high here, but Ben Powers being next, Jalen Ramsey after that, TJ Edwards, uh, Hargrave, Cam Sutton, those sorts of guys, um, much, much lower. So like Derek Carr, when you say 52 points, like what does that mean when we're thinking about wins? Well, a win is like 30 points. We're talking about... A win in two thirds, basically, almost two wins over replacement level player. Same thing for Garoppolo, whereas Ben Powers and others over a replacement level player, we're talking about two thirds of a win or something like that. It always sounds small. That amount sounds small to a lot of people. And I think that's why there isn't more discussion point in just talking about wins, because a team doesn't like you don't like to hear we signed a guy for 20 million dollars a year. And he's bringing us 0.4 wins next year. Like that doesn't really, uh, that doesn't get you going. That doesn't get you hot and bothered to think about um, coming into the roster there. But that's just the way it is. You know, these rosters are are big rosters. Lots of players. Lots of players outside the quarterback. So, like the the what you need to get from let's say an eight and nine team to a nine and eight team all the way up to a 10-7 team. I mean, those are huge differences, just getting a couple of incremental wins. So if signing three, four, five players, hitting on those can get you a couple more wins, can take you from you know being out of the playoffs to into the playoffs. I mean, that's massive. That's massive. So you, you shouldn't be looking at these players, and you'll see some win projections elsewhere. I don't want to uh, name any names necessarily, but you may see some win projections elsewhere where we'll say, oh, if you sign this offensive tackle, now... This team's going to gain two wins. That's just not, it's not happening. I'm sorry. I know tackles are important. The blind side, you know, Michael Lewis, respect, Uh, Sandra Bullock, respect, but no, not going to happen. Quarterbacks are worth maybe two wins, some of them, Uh, non-quarterbacks, maybe in a great season, you can get over a win from a player. You can have great seasons that are over a win of value, but projecting that forward is really, really difficult to do. So that's the first thing to think about free agencies. We're talking about marginal gains for all of these different signings that we're seeing, not massive, massive gains across the board. Um, so the, let, let's go through the rest of the big signings so far. So I mentioned the Bears. The Bears have going into this offseason, if we go to our friends at OTC, always go to OTC, Uh, to get your information. We look at cap space here. They're using some of this cap space on DJ Moore, which I talked about in the episode last week about him and the trade and all that sort of stuff that happened there, Um, which is really helpful because they're able to get 20 million about off of the books and they they can get a premium position in someone like DJ Moore where you can't really find that in free agency. I mean, at least we see so far, And again, I could have missed some stuff as uh, as the news starts to fly in here. But so far, no wide receivers zip have gone and really been signed at this point or anyone that you would really be interested in in seeing signed so far. Just premium positions like that. Not really a great availability in free agency. So he was able to get that through the draft. So that's going to eat up about 20 million. The Bears have about 65 million in effective cap space going into today. The next closest team is the Falcons, who were also active today at 40 million. The next closest team after that is the Bengals at 31 million, who have not been that active. They've actually lost both of their safeties today because they need to compile cap for. Resigning Burrow, maybe Higgins, Jamar Chase, all that sort of stuff. You can when you can roll that cap forward, it's not like you have to exhaust that and spend that every single year. Texans, 21 million, actually a little bit less than you would have expected there from the Texans. They made some smaller signings today than the Cardinals, Patriots, Raiders, Broncos, and so on. We so saw the Broncos were somewhat active today. And the biggest teams to have signed, again, the Bears using it today. So TJ Edwards, I actually have it, a higher projection. Than Tremaine Edmonds for next season combined to have them adding about 20 points over replacement level running back. I mean, uh, line, off ball linebackers. So that's going to be that's going to be a big, nice chunk gain there. Combined, I think you can say they'll have more value maybe than someone like Roquan Smith if the other linebacker next to Roquan Smith was more of a replacement level sort of player, but not a tremendous amount. And I think in particular when we're talking about uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and again, there's always like a grain of salt to all of this sort of stuff is like what these contracts actually are. Um, but when we're talking about the contracts that we're seeing here, four years, $72 million with $50 million guaranteed. That's a big number. That is a big, big number. Um, I don't mind as much going after line. Ly- okay, here's, here's, here's a, here, maybe this is a little bit of a galaxy brain sort of thing. But let me let me pose this. The Bears have all this cap that they need to spend. Or they should spend. I mean, it's Ryan Poles' second year as GM. You're not going to sit on it all forever. Um, if you're filling needs via free agency, even if you're overpaying for them, in a way, it can dissuade you, and in this case, heavily dissuade you, because we're talking about these two linebackers who were who were taken in free, who they got in free agency here. It can dissuade you from using a high value draft pick of which they now have two in the second round, one in the first round in this draft after making this trade. It can dissuade you from using, let's say those, one of those two second round picks because they probably weren't going to use the, you know, the number nine overall pick on a linebacker, but one of those second round picks, it can dissuade you from using it there. In some ways it can like protect you from making a mistake in that area. Uh, using a higher value pick on a player who a type of position in player that you can find in free agency. And I've done a lot of research on this. Again, it's on the sub stack for defensive players, linebacker safeties. Those are the ones you probably want to be targeting most often in free agency. Uh, but this is a big, this is a big deal for a linebacker. If you go to uh, the contracts for the biggest contracts in the NFL right now at the position, it's not quite like the Roquan Smith sort of deal, but I mean, it's a lot. Uh, Roquan Smith is averaging 20 a year. This one, and let me do some quick math on here. So 72 divided by four. So we're talking about 18 million a year. Again, we'll see all the details on it. 50 million guaranteed. The guarantee on Roquan Smith is 60 million and 20 a year. And that's the top contract in the NFL. Shaquille Leonard, which I'm still not used to saying as opposed to Darius Leonard, he is, um, 19.7 million with 52 million guaranteed. And then everyone else, basically this is matching it or bettering it. The different numbers here, uh, Fred Warner, a little bit more, as far as the amount per year, the guarantee was only 40. So you can figure out all that stuff, sort of stuff for the total guarantees and, well, again, we don't know what's fully guaranteed, what's total guaranteed. I don't know. We'll have to figure out all this stuff to go along. And then we start to get in some names that are maybe more like mistake type of contracts, like C.J. Mosley, which came over to the Jets. And these are kind of deals that you want to avoid or ones like those. Um, there's also a lot of value, but further down, when we talk about like T.J. Edwards coming in, it's $6.5 million a year, as opposed to Tremaine Edmonds now, we're talking about $17 million a year. I-, I have Edwards projected to actually be a little bit better. Um, we'll see. They're both guys who had tremendous jumps last season. Uh, Edmonds brings better draft capital, a little bit better history as far as a few years ago having a big year, but a pretty poor year two years ago. So maybe offset. We offset between those two deals. And again, Ryan Poles, congratulations for reading the, uh, the substack here because another – signing that they had Nate Davis at guard was another sign. They have their guard interior offensive line. That's the one position that we want to talk about on offense to sign in free agency. So Ben Powers was a big signing. One of my biggest projections here uh, for the Broncos at guard. So that's another guy who came into that, that category Uh, Connor McGovern for the bills. We'll see all the numbers on these deals as that came through. That one looks pretty good. Nate. I mean, Nick Gates for the commanders, another guard that came through there. Um, What about the other signings here? I think the Chiefs is pretty interesting flipping in and out here. Tackle, tackle out, Andrew Wiley out going to the Washington Commanders and then Jawan Taylor coming in from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tackle is a tough one. It's really a tough one. Not a value position, very much one that you normally need to draft in the first round if you're going to get it or maybe get it via trade like we've seen with Laramie Tunsil. We saw with... Orlando, uh, Brown before, and now they're talking about flipping Juwan Taylor from right tackle to left tackle. I don't know, man. I mean, I get it. They said, oh, they did it with, with, um, Orlando Brown, but let's remember Orlando Brown also was playing left tackle for a while because Ronnie Stanley went down and he had a chance to play left tackle and he really wanted to continue playing left tackle. It's a little bit of a different issue for, uh, Juwan Taylor here. The 80 million that we're talking about that he is going to get again, we'll parse out all the details eventually on this stuff, but um, you know, that seems like a lot too. the total contract values. There's basically only three actually. Yeah. It's basically only three guys who are really looking at numbers that are well, three or four guys. We're looking at numbers higher than that. Trent Williams, Bakhtiari, Tunsell, Ronnie Stanley, Um, now we go now Taylor joins that here as a, as a really huge amount, probably a little bit of an overpay, uh, probably an upgrade over Wiley, but I don't know if I had the Delta being big enough here to really justify that type of purchase. But I will say from the chiefs, the fact that they have Mahomes on this relatively cheap contract versus a lot of other types of quarterbacks. And he signed that, you know, 10 insane 10 year deal. And the big, big cap hits don't really jump in for another couple of seasons. It's going to provide them some cover. For a while to maybe overspend and really shore up those positions if they don't feel like they can get a tackle at the end of the first round and it is tough. It's tough to get a premium position like tackle or even edge rusher is a little bit easier at the end of the first round, but it's, it can be tough in that sort of position. So maybe that's why they feel they're they're in that position there. Uh, other big signings to talk about. Other big moves to talk about. Let's talk about Jimmy G. Might as well talk about him now. Uh, to the Raiders. And again, the numbers say a little bit of an improvement for the Raiders based upon this. Anyone who's saying now we will get definitive evidence as to whether or not it was a Shanahan thing, it was a Jimmy G thing, what happened, what we know. You never get definitive evidence based upon even a season worth. Of what may have gone on, maybe even two seasons worth of what's going on. We also have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight games worth of dropbacks, not eight games, six games ish, maybe worth of dropbacks for Jimmy G with the Patriots and with Josh McDaniels, who he's rejoining here, where he was, you know, also top five EPA per play Jimmy G that whole time before coming to San Francisco. Uh, also here, you know, there's going to be McDaniels there. Offensive line's not great. But he gets rid of the ball very quickly. He's pretty good at sack avoidance there. And he obviously doesn't throw deep that much with people hammer him for, but maybe that'll be kind of a good thing in this in this sort of offense. And he is going to have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and, and all that stuff. Josh Jacobs coming back, so that maybe they'll lean on the run a decent amount there. Um, I think he's going to be good. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. I mean, it's not – the defense is really, really bad, and he's been playing with a great defense in San Francisco. But I think people – Or maybe give me a little too much credit even for the defense performance for how well the team performed when he was there because, you know, his efficiency was there. Yeah, he played with a great defense, but he also was pretty efficient himself when he's there. So I think this raises the Raiders profile versus actually having Derek Carr for this season. The problem is, of course, they're just, you know, they're stuck in that division. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough in that division for a while. Uh, Other big signings here, Javon Hargrave going to the 49ers actually have a little bit lower projection than I thought I would have from the thing is, he doesn't get that much of a run benefit here. I only have him adding about 1.2 points via run defense, which is low, especially for an interior defender, but 10.4 points um, via pass rush. So that's big. I think it's also a problem that there's just, like, too many guys on that 49er offensive line that are stealing snaps from each other that, like, a mean type of projection could end up undervaluing all of them. Like, having that depth and having that ability to rotate guys is probably a little bit undervalued in here. So I would actually bump up some of his projections here. Uh, Cam Sutton has a decent projection going to the Lions. I mean, I like the Lions this year as your NFC North potential champions, assuming that um, Aaron Rodgers leaves. I saw uh, a funny tweet from, uh, again, Remain Unnamed. I mean, I'll do Remain un- Unnamed on this one about, hey, maybe the Bears are the now, should they be the favorites in the division? Well, I mean, I I guess you could make that case a little bit because they got DJ Moore and, you know, they're, they're signing these guys and there's no one who's good in the division. But, like, they had $100 million in cap to spend. We all knew this was coming. This is not like... They sign a couple of off-ball linebackers and a guard today, and we should be, you know, fainting uh, at how amazing they've they've, uh, improved their team. I mean, we kind of knew this was coming. We didn't know the DJ Moore thing was coming, so I'll give you that. But we kind of knew this was coming as far as them spending a ton of money on here. Uh, I I would expect they're still going to be third, maybe even fourth. I'm not sure. Jordan Love, Packers versus... The Bears, who will finish better, eh, probably lean Packers. Actually, they probably should be fourth, but maybe they'll be third in the odds. I think they'll still be behind the Lions and the and the Vikings so far there. But, um, but the Lions, you know, should be number one in that division. So this Cam Sutton, storing up that defense. The defense was atrocious last year. That could help quite a bit. Uh, Jesse Bates going to the Falcons. So this is the other big deal we're talking about here. So Bates's contract. Let's get this one here exact numbers because so this is a deal there's a big one because i didn't think i wasn't sure exactly how much he would get i know that he was kind of one of the premier guys on the market so four years 64 million for him and i think about this versus like marcus williams last year for the ravens uh, i think it was 14 million a year this is like 16 million a year pending details i don't know i mean safety is just there's a lot of safeties Available. So now he's gonna be the fourth highest paid safety of all time. Whatever I don't know what metric they're going by, but that's what the NFL uh Twitter account tells me. So I'll just go ahead and and relay it here. Uh we'll see. You know, he and Von Bell are going to be gone for the Bengals, so that's gonna drop them down a bit in the in the numbers. And again, think think it's almost like the Bengals because of the fact that they're not a all-in, a little bit of a cheaper team, generally, a little less wealthy ownership. Uh, it could impinge upon their ability to go all in this season versus, well, the chargers don't have a lot of money either, but the chargers seem a, l- a little bit more willing to do this. Uh, 36 million in the first two years of the deal, according to Adam Schefter for Jesse Bates. Uh, what else do we have here? Patrick Peterson to the Steelers helping to replace the loss of Cam Sutton. I have him a few points lower in his projection. um, Tackles, again, not great. Huge money for Mike McGlinchey. What, what did he end up getting here? Um, this one, not really a fan. Don't have a big projection for him. But the numbers here are five years, 87.5 million, 50 guaranteed. So let's compare this to some recent contracts we've seen on the offensive line. Uh, this is Ronnie Stanley. This is a couple of years ago. Five years. million. So about 11 million more 64 guaranteed. So a decent amount more, but still it's putting you, it's put them in that ballpark Um, for a former top 10 pick. And I think that's what it goes for. I don't know. I don't like it, but I guess if you feel like you're, you're looking out on, you know, the first round, your first round, you're like, I can't, we can't get a tackle. We got to do something. Maybe I can go for it. Uh, bills get Connor McGovern from the Dallas Cowboys. I like that one again, guard is always good there. That's an interesting one. And the Texans kind of do their, you know, bargain basement hunting sort of thing. Mike Boone, Andrew Beck, Hassan Ridgeway. Um, it's, it's weird. <laughs> How they Maybe they will do the same thing they've done in prior years where they've signed a bunch of guys for like a million dollars, but that's always a weird one to me. Uh, Panthers spending a little bit of money here. Von Bell at safety. They brought in, I like that deal better than the than the Bates deal probably just because you know just by default going a little bit a little bit lower, and then the Falcons are one of the other teams that has a lot of money, and that enables them not only to make some signings here, the big one being Jesse Bates, but then also bring in Jonu Smith, and it, they're going to pay him ten million dollars this year. So they basically threw a, a seventh round pick, the minimal compensation possible at the Patriots. So they can go ahead and take that contract, pay $10 million to Johnny Smith this year and have another option for uh, two tight end sets there. Um, Kyle Pitts, (laughs) Can we get something please? Kyle Pitts, Can we do something? Uh, We, we, we shall see. Uh, I guess we're going to hear more about Rogers. So I'll discuss that more later. I do have one little rant though, that I just want to get off about. I probably should have done this at the beginning here. About, um, like, this whole advanced, um, this whole, like, getting it in advance, the, the the insider game, all this stuff coming out a little bit early. It is crazy. Like, just think about this objectively. There's a whole network of people whose goal, whose value is telling us something that's going to happen um, a few minutes before someone else will tell us. And in fact, the very people that they're hearing this is going to happen from, whether it's teams, agents, maybe players themselves directly, they could go ahead and just tell us directly. I mean, maybe there is a function of, of you can get like all your information in one place. But like, what are we doing here? This whole thing, this whole insider ecosystem, this is just all based upon the fact that Agents, teams, players give information to the insiders, and then the insiders do their PR work for them a lot of the time. You know, that's what this is all about. This is that's why this whole system exists. Uh, it's just weird. It's a little bit weird, though, objectively, right? That some of the biggest, most well paid names in sports media are just telling us things that someone else already knew and told them and could have just told us directly but the reason they don't is because then the insiders can have their takes their anonymous sources there are other things where they're kind of like putting breadcrumbs around what's happening and let us all have it going forward so weird game very 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 weird game but i guess it helps us that we only have to follow five six uh different accounts and they can get all the insider breaks from it and then also when it comes to you know like the trey wingos of the world who try to break the aaron Rodgers news i guess it helps there too that we don't have to worry about getting taken by, by certain people who um, it'll eventually probably end up happening and maybe he'll claim victory when it does happen there, but a little bit less reliable at that point. All right, anybody. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, check out the Substack, Of course, I'll probably pop back in either tomorrow or maybe Wednesday to update everything that's going on. Hopefully you'll have an Aaron Rodgers signing at this point. Uh, until then, everybody enjoy your team's signings, which will take you to the playoffs this year. Uh, Check out everything online. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter or email me at unexpectedpoints. That's unexpectedpts at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody.